0: Hey friends, uh, today I want to talk about one of my favorite books in the Bible, 2nd Corinthians. And um, for background, uh, let's just think about the church in Corinth. It had problems. There was ongoing habitual sin, um, and uh, some people were apparently not even fighting that sin, but they were embracing it just as they did before they came to Christ and also there were divisions in the church instead of unity. And of course, the devil, he he wants that in, in every church. He wants that in every heart. And back in 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote how they needed to turn away from their sin. But not only that, they needed to quit enjoying fellowship with those who keep treasuring sin instead of treasuring Jesus, rather remove them from the church's fellowship. loved them, yes. (laughs) Paul wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, but he did not want them to to long for or to seek out or enjoy the den of sin and being surrounded by sin. I mean that's an indication of of what our heart wants and it will drag us back into sin. So cut it off and maybe that's you even with the friends that you choose outside of church. They can lead your life towards disaster and, and draw you right into your sin. You probably, If you do that, you probably know it. It's probably did that before. So God wants us to choose godly friends. Yes, love those others, yes. Witness to them, but don't seek out their, their fellowship. Godly friends can help you find more joy in Christ and help you grow in Christ. Uh, that's what God wants for us. And to do otherwise can be a big disaster for for your whole life. And now in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul urges the, the believers to accept those who have repented and turned back to God. They want to treasure Jesus again. and So open your arms to them in love. Don't reject them for... Uh, for their past wrongs. Don't try to keep them out of your fellowship uh, because they maybe did wrong to you or they did wrong to others. And, uh, but now they wanted to treasure Jesus. I mean, bring them into your life again. But look, don't dwell on the past. That's a big problem that people have. And I think there's some marriages that need to learn this kind of genuine forgiveness. their spouses. So pray for that in your own life if you need to. And I think 2 Corinthians, why I love it so much, it's all about focusing on Jesus. Um, It's about delighting in him as our supreme treasure. Uh, So don't focus on problems. Don't focus on people who have did you wrong, but keep on keeping on looking to Jesus so that we may Keep being changed more so and more so. Uh, keep letting the Lord give you more and more joy even in him. And early on in Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 24, it says, Paul says this, we work with you for your joy, for you to stand firm in your faith. And I think that joy comes from seeing more and more of Jesus. I think this is the main theme. 2nd Corinthians and this is very encouraging to me. I need this. <laughs> so before we get into some verses from 2nd Corinthians, um, I want to first read a foundational text from Ephesians 2 uh, that we will be able to link or associate everything we talk about today to. It's a foundational verse for our initial salvation. And today I want to show how 2 Corinthians uh, teaches us how that same gospel through which we were saved, it's not just for our initial salvation. Uh, and I think that's the way some people approach it, right? <laughs> they get saved and then they go back somehow to depending on their own self for the rest of their life, even as a believer in the church, uh, they don't realize that life after salvation must depend on God's grace. It's grace through faith, just as we began. And that's what Paul wrote to the Galatians about as well. Uh, But from here on out, I want to try to make this case by staying in 2 Corinthians. (laughs) And that is, the case is this, we can only live victorious lives as believers by grace through faith, just like our initial salvation, it's not of works, it's not of our effort any effort that we do that's outside of God's grace and his work in us and uh, just the pretext again out of Second uh, Corinthians it's uh, chapter 3 verses 4 through 6 says this, such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So this is how we are to live our lives with every heartbeat as believers, through His sufficiency. And I, th- I think this is his grace. So that's the intro. Now, uh, let's look a little closer at 2 Corinthians. First, in relation to our salvation, which we've already talked about. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. I love the way Paul puts this here. It's like in the first creation, he's comparing what God is doing in us to the creation of the world and the universe. And. Uh, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, so God made us aware of, of Jesus, right? He showed us his beauty, he proclaimed him, himself to us and we looked to him in faith. We became a new creation. <laughs> so in essence, we received God's grace through faith. Um, And Jesus, He just stepped out of the shadows uh, where we were not able to really focus on Him, right? And He declared His glory to us. 2 Corinthians 3.16 But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And that's what happened when we looked to Christ. The veil was removed and we became a child of God. Then in verse 18, Paul says that we are to continue to look to Jesus our whole life long. Seeing more and more of his glory and in so doing, we're, we're changed practically. This may be my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Second Corinthians 3.18 And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I think most Christians, uh, they they do, they think of their life after salvation as living and walking in God's strength, and that's true, that's spot on, but you know, I think it helps for me to internalize this and what it means uh, to think of it as, um, now my goal is to go forth <laughs> in God's strength, yes, but I, I would replace that to, to help me think about it and say uh, to go forth in God's grace, uh, depending on God's grace every day, trusting His promises because God's grace is our only strength. That's the only strength we have. It's not in ourself. <laughs> and so our life after salvation is still grace through faith. Uh, and a key point, I think, is that uh, it's faith in in God's promises. We were saved by our faith in in God's promise, the promise of the Messiah, Jesus, the only one who uh, would give us hope, the one who would do what we could not do. He lived a perfect life, and he gives his righteousness to all who delight in him. He rose from the grave, and he gives us that same power to overcome sin in our life. So we are saved in the promise of the Messiah and now we grow the same way by faith in his promises so it it would be helpful if we know God's promises if we stay in the word if we think about the word and meditate on him I mean the the promises of grace are just laying out on the table for us to count on with every breath for every day of our life for us to believe and to claim by faith so okay the text I want to really look at closer from 2nd Corinthians, um, specifically refers to giving money or things to people in need. And it's talking about the grace that God gives us that is connected to that giving. But it's really about more than the tithing or giving money. It's about our new mission in Christ with every heartbeat. And just as we read earlier in uh, Ephesians 2, um, uh, We're saved by grace through faith, not of good works, but for good works. That's pretty wild. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. We just read that. Uh, Here's what was going on in the church. Paul was writing to the Corinthians that he might come and collect gifts uh, to take back to um, believers in Jerusalem who were suffering um, possibly from a famine maybe even persecution. But please don't let this ideal of giving money turn you away. This passage applies across the board uh, with everything, every deed, every work that we do. And actually, later in the passage, Paul says that. Um, But think about it. (laughs) Giving, that's who we are now on every level. Our life used to be about getting. (laughs) But for believers, Christ has promised us all things and inheritance with him forever. And now our life is about giving. It's about giving in his name and for his glory. All right. Let's dive in. Here we go. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse one. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. So here Paul is saying that God gave grace to the churches, to the believers in Macedonia. And this grace is working in them even after their salvation. And it too comes through faith because he is about to tell the Corinthians actually how much they trusted the Lord. Um, Verse 2, For in a severe test of affliction, this is the Macedonians, First to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urged Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. So this passage just starts with God giving grace to the Macedonians after their salvation, And what is this grace he's talking about? Well, we may not think of this as grace normally, but it is. It's grace to love others. Grace uh, to have a generous heart, even to the extent of begging that they might take part in this giving to the relief of the saints. And this grace was also an abundance of joy. And I think that's important as well. And so these were extremely poor people going through severe affliction of some kind. And then in verse 7, Paul says how God's grace towards the Corinthians is meant to be working out of their lives as well in the form of grace towards others. Let me read verse 7. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge in all earnestness and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. And then we could um, move to the next chapter. Paul's still talking about this same thing. In chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. So Paul says that when you give, God is going to give you back bountifully. Um, And we are to trust God enough to give. And to give cheerfully and god blesses those who who give with a heart of worship and he's going to tell us more about the purpose for his blessing in just a minute Uh, but notice god's blessing of grace it comes through faith it comes through trusting god in closing i want us to think about this you may be poor like the macedonians or you may live in india or somewhere else Maybe some extreme circumstance in your life. Maybe poverty or persecution. Maybe sickness, disease. I mean, it's a broken world, right? There's no doubt that brokenness affects you in some way, even now. And and God still guarantees that he will supply you with the grace to fulfill your new mission in Christ if you will but trust him. We are to count on God's grace and and walk in faith for that grace. Here's what Paul says in the very next verse. 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. Another favorite of mine. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times You may abound in every good work. So all sufficiency, all times, every good work. These are extreme words. They're extreme promises to us from God. And and not only that, but like we've been reading about all along, an abundance of joy will accompany us as we accept this gift of grace from God as we are on mission for Him. So, yes, this passage is about giving, but it's, but giving is our life now, right? In some contexts, giving should be a part of every breath we take. As a believer, our, our mission has flipped flopped from being uh, for our own glory to, to bringing glory to God. And that's where our joy is now. So, everything we do should be done in Christ. This is our new mission, and we ever continually look to Jesus. to see more of His glory and be transformed. And then we share what we've seen with with others. Uh, And all this is for our joy as well. So let me just read that last verse one more time, and then I'll pray. Second Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things... At all times, you may abound in every good work. Father God, thank you for your grace, Lord. And thank you for the grace of faith that, that um, enables us to, to, uh, to know your grace, Father. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. We have nothing to, to brag about in, in seeing your beauty and being changed, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that um, we might continue to rely on you and count on your grace as we are about your mission every day. Pray to that end um, and and walk in confidence that you are going to do a great work, even as you motivate good works in our life, as you quicken them and put things in place and, and help us to die to self on a daily ba- basis and also give us a passion. Or for obedience and trusting you evermore and sharing your glory with others, Lord. Help us to internalize this and to think about it and uh, that we might um, walk in your grace with every breath and count on it with every uh, heartbeat of our daily lives instead of depending on ourself, which is going to bring us down and cause us misery and grief. Thank you for this great gift of grace through faith. In Jesus' name, amen.